0: Hey, real quick, we hope you love this episode. It's so important as Christians to be able to stand for truth, but be loving at the same time. Easier said than done.
1: I know. Sometimes you feel like you need to apologize for your parenting standards, right? So today we are exhorting you to not apologize for them, to be immovable and steadfast in the biblical standards that you have for your family, equipping your kids while also loving people well. So I hope you enjoy today's episode.
0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And Isaac from Resolute Man, together pursuing the mission to impact 10 million families and their legacies for the kingdom of God.
1: We've been married for 23 years and are seeing the fruit from raising our nine children biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children, as too many from Christian families are walking away from their faith by the age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way.
1: We're praising the Lord that the ministry continues to expand and impact more legacies. We couldn't do this without you, whether you pray for us, give us five-star reviews, or share on social.
0: Or even if you purchase courses and merch or join the Be Courageous Act community, enjoy the coffee or support financially. We're so thankful you are a big part of the 10 Million Legacies movement.
1: If you want access to all the episodes, show notes, and other biblically-based resources, go to BeCourageousMinistry.org.
0: Join us as we start another important conversation about effective parenting in the following month welcome to the podcast hey guys talking about don't apologize for your parenting standards this is so important
1: this is a stand firm title if i ever heard stand one. firm if we're you're wearing looking in the video stand right firm now firm hats we're ready <laughs> okay yeah i mean if you knew the backstory you'd know that angie's wearing her stand firm hat because her hair doesn't look so good today <laughs> <laughs> It was a little bit of a rough morning for me. My back was out. You're
0: making it. That's right. I'm just thankful I'm not doing this episode by myself.
1: You were going to be a few hours ago.
0: Your voice is so important,
1: right? You're really sweet. It
0: really balances me out.
1: Praise the Lord that I am able to be sitting here right now. I'm so (laughs) thankful for my chiropractor. So anyways, Um, side note, guys, we just were so happy to be here with you guys today. Um, This is a, a very timely conversation pretty much any time any season of parenting, doesn't Mm. matter how old your kids are, you have likely experienced feeling pressure by somebody to conform your standards or to relinquish your standards or to change your standards. Or maybe maybe you have even been Mm. um, influenced or felt peer pressure to have higher standards, which can be a positive thing, or it can be a negative thing if they're disputable things. And sometimes
0: in Christian communities, it Comes in slowly and in, yes. in a sub subtle, subtle.
1: <laughs>
0: I always say that word wrong on purpose, but it's Just fun. Just
1: because it's a joke between the two of Anyways. us. So
0: anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but but these things come in that way, and sometimes uh, slowly over time, and we feel it, and we silently agree even though we disagree by our actions we start conforming and this day and age Mm -hmm. we need to stand firm while loving others Mm -hmm. well and both of those can go together so we're going to try and talk about that concept Mm -hmm. of how do we love others well when there's different standards different decisions Mm -hmm. about parenting and to allow other people the freedom to make their own decisions parenting is a very personal thing while at the same time holding to our standards and walking in community together. And what does that look like? And I think Mm -hmm. everybody feels this and wants this. We call it adult peer pressure. (laughs) There is definitely, peer pressure just isn't in the teenage years for kids Mm -hmm. and young people. It is also for adults. and it, it, Not a good thing for adults, right. but it does happen.
1: Well, I can even give a couple scenarios of times in the past 23 years of parenting where I've kind of felt a little peer pressure before. Maybe, maybe you can relate to one of these scenarios. Here, let me give it a shot. Uh-huh. Ready? Here's a little role playing for you. Have you ever been asked on the spot by one of your children in front of another child, if that child can can come over and play or if they can go over to that child's house and play when you already had a different agenda for that day and you're feeling the pressure to change your plans, even if you already like expressed to your child what the plan was for that day. Have you ever? Maybe you have. How about this one? How about you have chosen to maybe take a more conservative stance on a specific boundary that you've set within your family that's a family culture thing? Like for us, I can think of no sleepovers. Is mm-hmm. It has been one that we have always had. And maybe you experienced the peer pressure from other family members or friends to just bend that rule every now and again and let your kids sleep over at their house.
0: Even though your gut is making you feel agitated. Right. You and you know that if it. you
1: give up, if you just inconsistent one time, all it takes is one time. And then what are you going to get? You're going to get nagged over and over and over again the rest of your parenting, right? And so maybe m- there's two different scenarios. There's lots of them there's out there. There's lots of
0: them. And we just have to really realize that it's a whole different ballgame right now parenting is Mm -hmm. a long game but it's also a short game too meaning that we have to make good decisions in the short run and play them out in a long game manner and those get messed up when we start caving to peer pressure start changing our standards that we feel this holy spirit's prompting us to that are biblical standards not made in fear and we don't hold to those to for the sake of peace or the sake of we think it's loving Uh uh or just wanting to be included and valued in a community or something mm-hmm. like that and we start to slide on these things well you know what in the short game you're hurting the long game mm-hmm. and the long game is where the fruit happens yeah so we don't want to do that
1: no and i think too like if if you have a gut feeling on something when your kids are younger and you're just really tired. Let's just say that. Maybe you're tired because you feel like a salmon swimming up water, right? Where the culture's constantly in opposition to you, you feel like maybe you're the only one that has chosen the specific path that you're on, and you're just tired. How many of you guys feel that way? Mm. That would be the influence of worldly peer pressure, potentially, right? Like obviously you're experiencing the pressure to cave or to give in Or to change your standards, your expectations, your boundaries, whatever it is. It could be a million different things, you guys. You're feeling the pressure to change because you're feeling alone. And everyone else seems to be going a certain direction. That can be exhausting. We get it. So today we want to encourage you guys to stand firm, as scripture says. To be confident in your decisions. To be confident in the Bible truly having biblical standards and not having to feel like you need to give an excuse for why you believe what you believe, because it's clear to you. Right? It is
0: clear. And previous generations don't always understand. Mm-hmm. It's it's It takes more. It takes a greater level of intentionality today than just the past generation, mm-hmm. couple, few generations. Yeah. And so if someone doesn't actually actively have children in this generation, it can be, not always, but it can be difficult for them to understand the extra precaution in a certain area, the extra intentionality and extra standards and these kinds of things. And I just want to say, as we dive in here, thank you for being part of the 10 Million Legacies Movement. You can find all resources at BeCourageousMinistry.com. Org. There's lots of free resources mm-hmm. um, and there's things that support the ministry. We literally, it's a full-time effort, more than full-time effort, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pieces to it. And we really absolutely rely on your prayer, you sharing things. Uh, right now with Meta, we're, we're even considering where do we advertise, right? We're even considering the idea, maybe we need to figure out how to advertise on Meta again. We're praying about that, mm-hmm. but our accounts are locked. Like they won't even allow us to anyways. I was just looking at it. So yeah. it's just an interesting world we're in and they're restricted for no apparent reason they won't tell me so I just we would really appreciate your prayers and every time you purchase something every time you give every time you share that literally makes us able to do all the free content it literally makes us able to do all the different things that happen in the ministry Mm
1: -hmm. so we think
0: we appreciate it. thank
1: you guys for your faithfulness so let's dive in here yeah you guys you know previous generations you were just talking about this and I I just want to bring a few aspects or perspectives into the conversation. So obviously the Bible commands Titus 2, men and women, Titus 2 men to teach Mm -hmm. the younger men, Titus 2 women to teach the younger women how to love their husbands and children, be busy in the home is what the the declaration or command is for older women. Mm -hmm. And obviously the older men have a different um, exhortation that they are taught to encourage younger men with. Um, And there is an element of that, that if someone is biblical, Just purely reading the Bible, giving advice based upon the Bible, not based upon their experiences, not based upon necessarily even what they did, that is safe Mm -hmm. and that is true and that is unchanging. And I believe that the, I know that for myself, the older I get, the more humbled I be, I experience being, um trained, I guess. <laughs> because you, the longer that you live, the more mistakes you make, the more your eyes are open to the realities of your imperfections. And and you're not trying to prove anything anymore because you, you just get it. I don't know. There's just something about like not needing to glorify yourself and wanting to just glorify God. And I I think young people can have that too. But I have definitely noticed that older people are just, they're just who they are and they don't apologize for who they are. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a different kind of strength of identity that I've seen in that. It's not in everybody that's older. It's not like I'm saying that age equals spiritual maturity because I definitely don't believe that. But there is a reason why God's word does exhort the older men and women to teach the younger men and women. So
0: it's so important as we go into this that your marriage is aligned, right? Mm -hmm. Marriage alignment is one of the most crucial things in parenting, and I just might have made some people feel sad. Uh, actually, now I think about it, is because maybe your marriage isn't aligned. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something you've been praying about for a long time. Maybe that it's the, there's a real division about your approach in parenting and those so, so kind of things. And I would just make sure you're, you're being uh, walking in humility with people in church and that you're asking for prayer and you're having open conversations about those areas because it does affect things. And it is one of the most important things to do is to get aligned about your approach. And remember your standards are your standards. Um, they're your standards. You get mm-hmm. to make the standards for your family. And I think that a lot of families think they're making standards but they're really following to whatever the community is around them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important not to do that, you know, ask yourself that question, are we just assimilating yes. into the community? the Christian community, or are we actually thinking through everything, not just going along to get along and actually looking at what the Bible says, asking for God in prayer Mm -hmm. and making decisions, even if sometimes they look different than others. And I think that's really, really important to do, Mm -hmm. no matter what community you're in, because God made you the leaders of your family. And Put your children in your stewardship, really his children also in your stewardship. So it's super important.
1: I think that one really good test, if you want to test yourself and, and really put yourself through the gauntlet of, hey, am I assimilating or am I leading my family culture or my family standards? One thing I would ask myself is, have I taught my children the why behind our standards or do are they just expected to follow our lead? and not ask questions, um, because that's not leadership, actually. Good leadership, Mm -hmm. servant-hearted leadership, courageous parenting where you're equipping your children for an uncertain world, part of the equipping is that you have to have those conversations where you are equipping them with the answers so that when someone asks them for why they don't do X, Y, Z or why they do do or why they why they believe what they believe or why they have the standard of modesty that they have or why they choose to... Um, do one thing and not another. Like your kids need to know the reason why they believe. And obviously, if there is a biblical answer for that, we as parents should be equipping our children with that biblical answer so that they have an answer to give to other people when they ask them for why they believe what they believe. This is literally a Bible, biblical Exhortation that we have in scripture from Paul.
0: I think you just hit, you just touched on something that I want to bring about a little bit more, even is that sometimes we can make decisions about our standards mm-hmm. and not go deep enough into that why, where we put our children in precarious positions where yes. when we're not around, they're asked why, why and they don't have a good answer and they feel foolish, they mm-hmm. feel small, yes. they feel. Uh, wrong. Other people make them feel wrong. Or they feel made fun of. They made fun of because they don't have a good answer. And that's one thing I I can remember many times doing with our children is helping them to Mm -hmm. have a good answer. So when we're not around, they can confidently communicate in a way where they earn respect versus ridicule. I think that is so important. Oh, that's a good
1: statement. Like prepare your kids to be able to give an answer where they earn respect versus ridicule ridicule. That's so powerful. And I think that that is really the test of like, are you assimilating or are you leading, right? That standard, whatever the standard is, whatever the conversation's about, this literally could go into every aspect of your parenting. Like, are we really truly equipping our children? And I think that, you know, for us as parents too, this holds us accountable to not parenting in fear. Yes. Right, and so I just want to share with you guys from Second Timothy one seven. It says, "For this reason, I remind you to fan the." into the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. There's two things that point out to me, right? Like not being in fear, Mm -hmm. but then also the importance of having other people around you that can fan your flames, right? And encouraging you. And we'll be talking more about that in a a few minutes, the importance of having like-minded community um, and not sacrificing community for living in an assimilated um, standard if you will but really truly like are you walking with the kind of confidence where he's it's the god kind of confidence power love self-control another version says sound mind right
0: and a lot of people are like power that's an interesting word you know, a it lot of times in, in our society, yeah. the word power is actually has a negative connotation, but here it is in the Bible in many, many places. So a lot of times people will hear that mm-hmm. scripture and they'll just focus on the love and they'll focus on these things, which, which are great. Mm-hmm. But don't miss the power part. Okay. We are to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Which mm-hmm. is not our strength, but God's strength to be able to have courage and do these mm-hmm. things that we're supposed to do, not in fear.
1: Yeah,
0: fear is a lack of power. It's it's empty. It's it's not able to make a difference. It's not right?
1: walking in the strength that God says that we should be walking. We should it be out, walking right? in the power yeah. of
0: God. Power is a good word, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's so important that we don't offset that. And realize that wow, what is that? What is what is it about my rhythms in life when I don't even think about that part of the scripture? Mm-hmm. And I just want to give a warning there. So it's yeah. biblical and Holy Spirit conviction led standards, not fear-based standards. Right. And that is what we're talking about. Yeah. There can be a place where fear-based standards are bad right? Because most decisions made in fear are bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even if, let's say, it's really what's behind it. It's the intentions of it. Can somebody have the same standards and they got there through fear or they got there through biblical and Holy Spirit conviction? The answer is actually yes. There can be two different sets of parents. One is fear-based, comes to the same conclusion, and one comes to the same conclusion without any fear at all, total Mm -hmm. trust in God and seeing what's in the Bible. Right. The reason it's different is because Of one of the reasons is the impression it gives to other people. Mm -hmm. One is weak impression and one is a confident, strong impression.
1: You know, I just even think like as people are listening, they're like, oh yeah, Isaac, I agree. But what are some examples of what that would look like? I even think of people who choose to homeschool. Some people who choose to homeschool might be doing it out of fear. Right, out of the fear that they're gonna lose their child's hearts and the, through the indoctrination, being your their children being exposed to bad things. No, those are realities yeah. that are happening in the world today. And we've said this many times that God actually created our emotions, and fear is a human emotion that people all experience at different times. It's that fight or flight when you're first injured or you're experiencing pain or loss or grief or something like that. It's a normal thing. And that's different than this. We need to be careful in being able to think clearly. That's why God calls us to be sober-minded, to think clearly. You talked about this in the Resolute Man podcast, second episode, right? Oh, the art art.
0: of clear thinking.
1: Yes. It's so so powerful, you guys, because you can't think clearly when you have fear overcoming you because you're going to be prone to and tempted to constantly bend towards what your feelings are are leading you towards. Mm-hmm. We, there are so many scriptures. I even think of the heart is deceived above all things, right? Like we need to be careful to not let our feelings, like our feeling of fear, be the thing that is the decision maker. Mm-hmm. It, I, and we're not saying don't listen to the fear. Sometimes fear is an emotion that that pinpoints or wakes you up to go, wait a second, something's wrong here. Something's off. I need to look into this more clearly. I need to investigate here. I need to pray about this. Those are good responses or reactions to fear. The bad responses Mm -hmm. to fear would be the, I'm going to pull away. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to da 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 Now, this is the thing. Are Am I saying that all people who homeschool are parenting out of fear? No, not at all. Mm. I'm not saying that at all. We homeschool. And we're not parenting out of fear. Our choice to homeschool, I mean, I'll be really honest, I didn't really want to homeschool all those years ago. But it, it, was, it was something God was calling us to. And it
0: was looking at the options and making yes. a decision in wisdom for our family. Yes. And so I think that that's the thing. You can see bad things and, and, and inferior choices and make a better choice in confidence, in trusting God, yeah. in wisdom, because you're looking at everything, but there's a difference in yeah. just doing it out of fear and literally feeling fear inside, mm. and that's driving you to do something, it's gonna make you less effective. It's gonna make your impression not as good on other people. It's yeah. not glorifying the strength of God, because obviously you're not embodying God's strength, right. when you're showing fearfulness. Right. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are
1: It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor, and yourself a favor, and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights, to be leaders for the next generation. So walking with confidence, I mean, can't let's just all be honest for a second. Think for a second. Can you tell when you're around someone who is exuding God's kind of confidence? I'm not talking about arrogance. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about God's peaceful, the peace that surpasses all understanding, walking uprightly, knowing that they're walking righteously, they're doing their best, they're giving God the rest. There's just this calm peace that's around someone, right? Mm -hmm. Like you get it. You've been around somebody like that. That Making sometimes when you're in that, making that kind those kinds of lifestyle decisions while having confidence, that is biblical. Making that same lifestyle choice, but making it out of fear would be not biblical. And so we want to just make this huge distinction for you and then ask the question: like, when it comes to your standards, have you just chosen to make the quick judgment call, the quick parental decision? based out of fear because you just don't have time or you don't wanna take the time to investigate all the reasons. And if you have, I just wanna encourage you and exhort you to get into the word and surrender that to God. And you may come to the exact same decision. It was, But let me tell you, it was not a waste of time to take that time and give that fear to God and let him redeem it and to rebuild your confidence and for you to have a why and be on mission and then share that mission with your children. That's when legacies are changed. And that's when your kids are like growing up and they're understanding a deeper conviction and they they have a respect for it. It's very different. And so, you know, when you're deciding your standards, whatever those are, Please don't make those decisions out of fear.
0: Now, we have this gut reaction, don't we? This sense about things. Yes. And that can be out of fear, because we're not walking strong with the Lord, or it can be Holy Spirit inspired.
1: Mm -hmm. Like that prompting.
0: That prompting. Yes. And how do we know which is which? I think that that's why it's so important to be walking closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's so important to be in the word, mm-hmm. in prayer, so we can trust when we have those gut feelings, that is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we have confidence to say that. And so we move, we trust it, we stop. We say no, even if we don't mm-hmm. have a full sentence of why, because mm-hmm. we got this sense in us. And then later it's completely revealed why, because mm-hmm. you just saved your kids some heartache. Mm-hmm. And so it is so important to be walking strong and to keep our standards and, mm-hmm. and uh, for them not to be fear-based. And the next thing is don't sacrifice for your standards for the sake of relationships mm. or community. Mm. Now, by the way, community and relationships are extremely important. Yeah. We're to love other people well. We're to glorify Father by um, the love we show mm-hmm. to people, even when it's not deserved, right? We see that in the scriptures.
1: Love our neighbor as ourself, right? Like I even think of like, obviously, I'm sure that you can think of times in relationships with people where you've needed grace from them in your life. And so here's the question though, if you are expecting other people to give you grace, are you giving that same grace to other people? And so reciprocating what you yourself will also need at some point in your life, that is loving people like thinking deeply about that, giving compassion, knowing that one day you're going to need compassion, understanding that you're not perfect and so you don't expect perfection from other people or even just impressing upon others your expectations, right? Like Mm. that's something that has for a long time the comparison trap. Um if you if you want a deeper look into this, we actually have the Biblical Friendship Online Bible study. It's 12 weeks long and there's a whole like four mm-hmm. weeks just focused on the comparison trap where we dive deeply into like what is the difference between disputable and indisputable issues? How does how do relationships impact our identity in Christ? And Part of that is like allowing expectations that we put on ourselves or we allow other people to put on us or the society or worldview to put on us and being able to walk in freedom from all of that, understanding what God's expectations are. And so that can be incredibly freeing.
0: So, but don't sacrifice for the sake of relationships or community, right? Your standards. Mm -hmm. That's really important. So that being said, we have to make sure that at the same time, we're not so seeking relationship, approval, approval, belonging, Mm -hmm. that we're sidestepping what's actually best for our Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit's conviction and taking action on it. We're going Mm -hmm. along to get along. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, no one wants to admit that they do that. But I think that most people have experiences doing that. I think maybe everybody has mm-hmm. experience of doing that. Okay. I know I do. I have experiences in my life of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think I've just learned that you know what? It doesn't matter so much what they think if it's because of me doing something right for my family.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: It does matter what people think, right? We want to glorify the Father. We want want to have have a good good reputation reputation and these kinds of things. But when it doesn't matter is when I'm doing something that this Holy Spirit has convicted me to do Mm -hmm. that is best for my Mm -hmm. family, then I can't think, I can't care how that rubs on other people. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to be done in love, but I can't be so concerned about it that I don't do the right thing.
1: Hey, speaking of which, I just wanna say something. Like You guys are all aware of what's happening in society today. We got bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, good good being called bad and bad calling good, and the Bible talks about this specifically. It's woe to the person who does that, right? We get that. But let me just share something with you. The reality is, is that in today's society where that is so common, there there are accusations of just because you homeschool or just because you have this many kids or just because you do this or you do that or you have a home birth, That the way that you live your life will be convicting to other people. That does not mean that you stop doing the thing that God has called you to, that you and your husband are in alignment for, that has been the best decision for your family just to make somebody else feel better. That would be compromising. And so I have to speak that word very strongly because that's actually a question I get a lot from people is like, hey, I'm just really struggling right now. And and I get it. There are attacks coming even from within the church. It's called friendly fire. But you've got to stand firm making decisions between you and your spouse, what's best for your family, what's in accordance with scripture, and that's it. You just leave it at that. You don't need to have mom's approval. You don't need to have your mother-in-law's approval. You don't need to have your your neighbor's approval or the girl that leads the Bible study class or even your mentor. Like when it comes down to it, if you are seeking the Lord, your husband's seeking the Lord, you guys are in the word, you make decisions. That's where the buck stops. And so if other people are having a hard time with that, my encouragement to you is to dive even deeper into biblical fellowship. Be praying specifically for like-minded friends that are going to exhort you like how we are right now.
0: If a community or a relationship makes you feel bad, or inferior or not like you can belong here for a decision that is a biblically-based, Holy Spirit-driven, marriage-aligned, discussed decision that is best for your family, Mm -hmm. then what kind of community and relationship is that really? In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, mm. always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So what does the word immovable mean? Hmm. I think that I don't hear that word a lot amongst Christian living.
1: Mm.
0: Immovable. That's right. why we made these stand firm halves, because it reminds us, I when oh, yeah. I wear it, it reminds me, to be loving but immovable mm-hmm. on the things that matter.
1: Yeah, you're going to stand strong on your convictions. It's interesting because I think of the word, what's a modern word for this um, that can oftentimes be confused with immovable or standing firm would be stubborn. Right? right? And that would be the fleshly, I'm not going to listen, I'm prideful, I'm arrogant. That is the opposite of what we are saying here. Amen. God's word is commanding us really to be steadfast and immovable in the things that are biblical, always abounding in the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's, the, that's really the, the clause that gives you the permission to be immovable is if it's in the Bible, and it's abounding in the word of God, you stand firm and be immovable. If it's not a biblical thing, or if it's a disputable issue, meaning it's not a salvation issue, that's where you can have grace and you can step back a little bit and give some compassion. Um, I just want to share with you guys another scripture that is coming to mind in this topic. Um, It's in Romans chapter 14. Um, This is really, and this is off cuff. Sorry, Isaac, you're always making fun of me for adding more scripture verses. Um, But when we're talking about being immovable, but we're also talking about having compassion in those times that are needed, Romans 14 comes to mind because it's a it's another verse that talks about judging, and it talks about having compassion or um, understanding for the person who has the weaker um, standard. Actually, that's why this comes to mind. It says in verse one, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but but not to quarrel over opinions. So opinions, these are not biblical abounding in the word items, these are opinions, fleshly opinions. We're not to quarrel about them, okay? One person, here's an example then the Bible gives us. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables, okay? Let not the one who eats, eats anything, okay? Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And then it continues on, talks about like a Sabbath, one one person esteems a day as better than the other, while another seems a, another day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. It just continues on and on, talking about conscience, and to one man it's sin. This is an incredibly important chapter to have memorized as Christians regarding Christian living and making any kind of decisions and standing firm in any conviction that we have. This is something we have to teach our kids. Like in my mind, when I think about a Bible verse that is an equipping verse about teaching your kids how to stand firm, stand up for their convictions, I think Romans 14. Because this is a balance of like, listen guys, there are things that are indisputable about the salvation of and how Jesus redeems us. He he was born of the Virgin Mary. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. There's all these things we could talk about. These are indisputable. We are not gonna argue about these. These are not gonna cause division. We're gonna have unity in these. Mm-hmm. And then God literally uses Paul to say, listen, but not to quarrel over opinions. And so that is where we have to go. Okay, I don't I don't know everything. And this Mm -hmm. is my opinion. And I have maybe have some biblical convictions as to why I have this opinion, but I'm willing to disagree. And I can we can still have respect for one another. But that's the reality, is like he's literally saying, don't despise each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And so and the reason why I think this is so important is we're talking about community, right? And like not sacrificing our things for community. The same goes Both ways, right? Like within community like that, you need to have love and respect for one another, not despising one another, but having the ability to honor and not pressure the other person to come your way. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that I'm going to just share with you guys, I think is an ongoing lifelong lesson.
0: We don't want to be propellants to other people because yes. we're so staunch in expecting others to conform to our standards mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. So it can go both ways. I think it's important that we show love mm-hmm. and that we treat others how we would want to be treated, obviously. And that's so important. Yeah. And you know, this the the big question I think people are going to have because we get this question all the time, which is about boundaries and setting mm-hmm. boundaries and so forth. And while that could be its own episode, which probably will be. Uh, let us know if you'd like that. But boundaries um, are important. And sometimes you have to have hard conversations with those Mm -hmm. you love most, extended family, neighbors uh, that you care about, different situations out there, people at church uh, that just maybe don't have some of the same standards. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll find if you come with a loving approach, people are super receptive. Yeah. And, you know, one of the ways that makes it easier these days is, every Christian at least understands that the world has changed in many ways in the last three years mm-hmm. specifically, that the evil is growing and God is also, God's people are also growing stronger too, right? Mm-hmm. In the midst mm-hmm. of this, but it's interesting. And I think that you can get a really good conversation going based on the changes that are happening in these last few years mm-hmm. and, you know, bringing up your issue. And we really have this standard How do you feel about that? And I'm not asking how someone feels about it because I'm going to bend. I'm just creating conversation and finding out how they feel about what I just said so that I can see where they're at and Mm -hmm. then go from there. But there's a lot of ways to have this. And my number one tip for people when they're having hard conversations is to pray for them, pray for the conversation, Mm -hmm. pray for an open heart and to bring God into it through your prayer. Um, So basically pray. And that is the biggest tip. You don't have to do a bunch of writing, write an outline of all your thoughts and things like that unless you think it helps you. But I really think if you go in tender to what the Spirit's convicting you of and the words the Spirit's asking you to talk about and walking in the Spirit because you're walking strong and prayer beforehand, that means it's going to go well. And even if it's hard, even if it it rubs a little wrong on the other person, if you do it in love, nothing really can be held against you. (laughs) And that's That's the key. And the whole goal here is the love and care of your children. And that's what should matter to everybody. Everybody should have that same goal. And while we might disagree on some of these standards, if it's really important to you, you got to have it. Otherwise, you know what you have? You have a loving relationship with a high dose of fake peace. So you have this relationship where you love each other or deeply care about each other, friendships, but you have some fake peace involved in that relationship That really creates a barrier for going any deeper.
1: Yeah. No, it's so good. And I think that it's important that when we're having these conversations, we are trying to see ourselves. I know that that's something that Isaac and I have been talking about for years just within our family is that every person struggles with this inability to actually see themselves at times. And... Part of that is just an exhortation to put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? And that's something that like I know that for myself, I think about on a regular basis like, oh, whoa, what if I was sitting in the other person's shoes listening at that moment? Would that be intimidating? Would that be intense? Would that be, you know, and just thinking and putting yourself there and that gives you the ability or the motivation, I guess, to be more understanding in those moments. Because the truth is, is the person that has the more stringent expectations or standards Biblically speaking, according to Romans 14, it's like we are actually called to have compassion and understanding with the people who are weaker, right? And so there's a need for us to really take the rose-tinted glasses off ourselves and try to come at conversations having an open ear to hear the other person so that they feel heard while also like knowing strongly what God has called you to and standing firm in that. So Hopefully this has been encouraging to you guys. Um I know that when it comes to family and friends and just community, these this is a hard topic. It is a hard topic.
0: Today. And I just I think we want to wrap up with this this idea that how important it is to stand firm and when we don't, we're even though we might have the right priorities in our life, God, mm-hmm. marriage, family, yeah. then others, in that order, even though we might have, you know, that priority Mm -hmm. in our head, in our mindset, written down somewhere, talked to each other about before, heard from a sermon or marriage counseling or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know what? It doesn't mean we're operating in it. And whenever Mm -hmm. we don't do what's best for our family, for the sake of others, which are fourth in our priority list, that sacrifice something higher in the priority list, it means our priorities actually aren't prioritized correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm even though we know what they should be. And so just remember that, that when we cave for something that's best for our family to the nurture of Mm -hmm. a relationship outside of our immediate family, that is usurping the priorities. And it's usurping what God's already convicted you on anyways.
1: Well, and I just even think about an exhortation we've talked about so many times over the years in this podcast of being 100% who you are in private as you are in public. And if you're doing that, you're not going to have that problem because you're going to have your priorities straight within your family. And then when you go into public and you're in that public square, wherever that is, right, whether it's in church community, neighborhood community, family community, whatever, like you're going to be the same person, then there is isn't going to be a sacrifice of your family. And so just remember who you are in Christ, I think would be a good final wrap up for this. Like, you guys, when you remember who you are in Christ and what he's commanded you to in Christian living, mm-hmm. and then you have no one to be apologizing to because you're just obeying Christ. And if you get condemned, we know what the Bible says about that. If you're living biblically and you're trying to live your life according to this Bible right here, then any persecution you get is really persecution against Christ. And we know as Christians, we can anticipate that, especially because we are, we've are we been living in end days since Jesus left, right? And so the growth of persecution is going to continue on. And that's part of what we need to equip our kids with is this immovable, stand mm-hmm. firm, as long as you are walking biblically, not about opinions, not about feelings, not about like w- what we want or even what we desire, it's Lord, seek first your kingdom and all these things and your righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If we teach our kids those basic truths, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. There is nothing to be apologizing for. Amen. So have a great week, you guys. Hey, thanks for listening and being a part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. Go to BeCourageousMinistry.org for more biblically-based resources, ways to switch where you spend your money that support the mission, and information about the incredible Be Courageous app community for believers.
0: Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video session with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program. We cover everything from tending to their hearts, handling obedience to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private group in the Be Courageous app, live webcasts, and direct access to us.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at BeCourageousMinistry.org. That's BeCourageousMinistry.org.